0: the ain't no fang podcast from arizona sports ain't no fang
1: well it's not exactly the way that we planned it but the first round of the postseason is concluded i'm steve zinsmeister along with cody fincher as well on the ain't no fang podcast and this week we got nothing but playoff baseball to talk about and boy am i excited about that because i am done talking about the diamondbacks
0: yeah me too Let's just not. Let's, let's just not do that.
1: Let's start in the division though. Because this was the series of destiny with the team of destiny, the San Francisco Giants. They had an early lead in this series against the Dodgers. Both teams, uh, they're the top 2 teams in baseball this year by record. Granted the Dodgers have to be a wild card team because the Giants won the division. And here they are in this series of destiny and it all comes down to Max Scherzer the starting pitcher on the mound in the ninth for his first career save and it ends on a judgment call walk us through how that happened bear
0: well first of all i just want to say this series lived up to the hype for me yeah i thought it was a great series um it was a great game five uh it was i mean a two to one score in today's game is is crazy um Well, basically what happened, Steve, is uh, Kenley Jansen was using the eighth, which was ended up being a good move. I think he struck out the side or he retired the Giants in order. And then Max Scherzer comes out of the bullpen in the ninth. So I guess the Diamondbacks front office uh, uh, projection of him being a closer actually panned out. (laughs) Um, So uh, Max Scherzer, who is just like that dude's competitive competitiveness is just off the charts it's insane um i'm sure that wasn't even discussed with dave roberts i'm assuming max scherzer went up to dave roberts and said hey i'm pitching in this game whether you like it or not so deal with it okay got it okay see you later i'm gonna go out to the bullpen now dave um so <laughs> da- uh, i run this team max now, scherzer- yeah yeah <laughs> this is my team i'm the captain now dave okay got it um so scherzer comes out of the Bullpen to close things out of the ninth. After uh, Cody Bellinger gives the Dodgers the lead in the top of the ninth inning, I mean that dude. That dude has some kind of postseason switch or something because he was terrible all season. He was awful, and he was really good in this series. Um, he, I, I read a tweet that said he had double the hits against the Giants in this series than he did against them all season. I think he had two hits against the Giants all season. And he had four in this series. Um, so the game was really decided to me when uh, Max Scherzer struck out Lamont Wade Jr. To, for out number two in the bottom of the ninth inning, because Lamont Wade Jr. Uh, this year it, uh, in the ninth inning or later, I believe it was the stat has a 586 batting average wow. going into going into last night's game. So he and he's earned the nickname late night Lamont in San Francisco. So that's really kind of cool. Um, he almost hit a big fat dinger off Max Scherzer, but it just it sliced foul. Um, that would have won the game. And and then he struck out looking. Max Scherzer completely missed his spot with either a cut fastball or a slider. And he was supposed to get it down and in and it went up and away. But Will Smith framed it pretty good and it got called for a strike. By the way, home plate umpire Doug Eddings had a atrocious strike zone last night. It was terrible for both sides. It was awful. just, And it was inconsistent, too, because there were some calls that Julio Urias got below the zone that were called strikes. And then later in the game for both teams, they weren't strikes. So I just, I just don't get it, man. Um, So anyway, the, the game winds up with Wilmer Flores up former Diamondback against former Diamondback Max Scherzer. Um, And the game ends with uh, a check swing that was called a strike three by the first base umpire. And then the replay, which was immediately shown on TBS showed that, Wilmer Flores wasn't even close to swinging the bat. And, and for some reason, uh, check swing calls by umpires are not reviewable, Um, which is just ridiculous. Um, In my opinion, if you're going to use instant replay, all of it should be reviewable or none of it should be. That's just my opinion because I mean, what are we talking about here? Literally every call is a judgment call. I think the only thing that you probably shouldn't be able to review is like strike calls because that would just MLB would never do it because that would slow down the game tremendously. If you're going to review strike calls all the time, but like a play like that should never come down to an umpire. That's 90 feet away from the play trying to see if he broke a home plate, which you can't even see. Um, And it was just, it was an awful way for a classic series and a classic game to end. It was just, it was really disappointing. Of course, I'm mad that the Dodgers won. I hate the Dodgers, but I'm more mad that that's the way that that game ended. I would have rather had the Dodgers beat the Giants 10 to nothing than have the game end the way it did last night on a stupid, horrible call by that umpire. It was just, it wasn't even close. It wasn't even close
1: yeah, and who knows what happens if that doesn't occur, if, he, if or if they got the call right. If he had said he didn't swing, who knows what happens after that moment. Maybe the Giants win, maybe they don't. Uh, I tend yeah, to think I Max Scherzer is pretty darn good anyway, so he probably yeah, could have figured it out.
0: I'm not saying that Wilmer Flores would have hit a walk-off home run or anything, right. but, I mean, he could have done something else. Who knows? But, like, just you can't end a playoff game on a judge call. I feel like reviewable.
1: Uh, yeah, and, and in terms of what's reviewable and what's not, I tend to agree with you that you can't allow balls and strikes to be reviewable because that's just gonna it's gonna ticky tack everything and uh, games are gonna start to go back to <laughs> three and a half hours, four hours, and I definitely don't think that you should be reviewing as much in the regular season, but I do think in the postseason. Why wouldn't you make a judgment call that ends a game? I mean, it's the conclusion of the game. That's like a walk-off touchdown. It's, 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 uh, why would you not be able to review that?
0: Well, think about this, too. They, for the postseason this year, they changed the rule where now if a game goes to extra innings, they are not starting with a runner on second base. They changed that rule for the postseason. Yeah. So they should have, that type of stuff, maybe with replay too. Yeah, just well, make every everything but balls and strikes reviewable. Yeah, and you got to remember too, a lot of this has to do with pace of play
1: because right. the the runner on second thing was meant to make games shorter, particularly in the regular season. And by all accounts, it's done that. There's been a lot of things they've done to baseball games that have cut down by about thirty minutes on the average time of a game, which is great. And the games still feel good to me during the regular season, but then when you get to the postseason, I mean, come on, are we worried about pace of play in the postseason? If the game goes three hours instead of two hours and forty-five minutes, is anybody really complaining in a series between the two greatest teams of the season in the same division, and it comes down to Max Scherzer? I mean, I don't think anybody would mind if they took a look at that, determined that he didn't check swing, or that he did check that he didn't fully swing. And then we move on. I I mean, how long would that have taken? Like a minute? I mean, it was pretty evident. It was pretty clear. They would have gone over to the headset. They would have put the headset. The headset wouldn't even be fully on their ears yet. And the guy in New York would be like, yeah, that was a check swing. Oh, okay, cool. And then they all would have been like, (laughs) all right, we're good. Let's go. Let's move
0: on. What that would have done, though, that That would have been nuts if that would have happened because the Dodgers were all you know storming out of the dugout in the bullpens, throwing their hats and gloves and hugging and celebrating. And then you're like, wait, stop celebrating. We got to do a replay. And then they got to all get back into game mode real quick. Yeah, it's like the
1: Bengals kicker
0: celebrating before the ball hits the flag. Yeah, I
1: mean, it's the Uh, same thing. But
0: just again, uh, it's just a shame that such a, a good baseball game and a good series between these two teams that both won 109 games ended with a judgment call by an umpire who I, I saw some people tweet. Was like, there's no way he even had a good look at it. Like, it didn't even look like he had a good look at it. And well, he still he made should. that call.
1: He should have a good look yeah. at it considering that's his job. I mean, he, it's, yeah. you were talking earlier about how bad the home plate umpire was in terms of the strike zone. Uh, And at least that's like a common complaint about an umpire. But for a playoff game that could have World Series implications, I mean, the Dodgers might be the favorite for the World Series right now because they are the best team of the four remaining in terms of record this year and how many total wins they have. By far, it's the Dodgers. They have the star power, too, which is something that carries teams in postseasons. You can't convince me otherwise. And so for a first base umpire to be the one that it all comes down to is uh, it's almost sickening.
0: Yeah, it's it was really disappointing. Um, just and it's just a bad look for baseball, in my opinion. You know, like I think sports in general have an officiating problem. Um, you see with and, and, and to be fair to baseball, I feel like MLB umpires have the least impact on an actual game than say the NBA or the NFL where the NBA refs can call fouls that determine whether you score points and NFL, you know, refs, you know, can have a bad holding call penalty or, or a bad pass interference that gets another team like 50 yards down the field or whatnot. So, I mean, but still, just you can't end a game, a playoff game, a series decider. And like you said, the 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 team that comes out of that series is probably the favorite to win the World Series. And that whole series was decided because of a bad call, of a really bad call. It wasn't even close. I think it's getting increasingly
1: hard to be a referee or umpire. And I think it's a lot of it is because of the technology. I mean, particularly in baseball, you go back to the 70s, even the 80s and the 90s. We just didn't have all that many camera angles and the footage wasn't as, as clear as it is now. And we can pick apart. Literally every decision that is made on a baseball field, balls and strikes. Uh, We can now see on some broadcasts, they put up the strike zone digitally inserted into the footage. (laughs) I mean, you can literally the second that the ball passes home plate, they put a marker of how far off it is or how inside it is. And so we as the viewers have more information now than we've ever had. And the umpires... Have exactly the same skill set they've had since the 70s. They're not gonna like they can't improve their eyesight over the offseason unless they get surgery or something, in which case that's probably a bad sign to begin with. Um they they aren't getting demonstrably better in terms of refereeing. I mean, how can you? You can't just go to the gym and work on it, you know, like an athlete can. Um, But we at home, we have more camera angles in the NFL. Now we can see things like, oh, his foot was inbounds. We can see that now, whereas we might not have in the 80s. And so we're getting more and more and more scrutinizing of their decisions. And for referees, it's getting increasingly hard because (laughs) all along they were just operating under the the guise of, okay, nobody saw that, right? I I mean, it's a judgment call. That's what it was. There's no longer... Anything, it's not a real thing. Judgment calls are not a real thing in sports anymore because you and I can sit at home on the couch and watch and say, oh, that that was a check swing.
0: Then in that case, if, if judgment calls aren't really a thing, then they need to be reviewable. Right. Um, because guess what? If we have the camera angle at home to see all that, so do they. And right. they should be able to use it to get the call right and that's Get why the call right that's why i'm okay with doing that in the
1: postseason i don't i don't think we should do that in the regular season because I, I mean there's so many games there's 162 games i don't yeah. need them reviewing a check swing on a tuesday night in april you know what i mean like i don't need right, that right. i know that that win is as, just as important as the last one of the season whatever but i i think everything should be reviewable except for balls and strikes in the postseason <sighs> especially if it's going to end somebody's season. Like, that literally was yeah. the last call of the year for the Giants, who were the team of destiny this year. We talked last week, and by the way, you and I basically picked every team wrong. But uh, <laughs> not, not <laughs> yeah, to knock really our credibility. But, I mean, we both were like, I, we don't believe in the Giants, but we haven't believed in them all year, and they're the best team in baseball. So they were the team of destiny. They probably are. Uh, I'd, I'd say Atlanta might be the team of destiny now because I mean I, I think a lot of people didn't think that they belonged in the playoffs and all of a sudden I they win.
0: I technically got one pick, right? I picked the Dodgers over the giants. I'm pretty sure I did.
1: Okay. Fair enough. I'd be did, fair. I, I didn't, didn't go
0: back and listen to last week's episode before, <laughs> before, I'm, but I'm, I'm pretty sure we got everything else wrong.
1: I know you don't like the Dodgers and on some level I don't too, but, uh, I'm glad they made it because they have star power that I think helps in the postseason, and it's particularly when you get to the World Series. I mean, like, a lot of people didn't like that Tampa Bay made the World Series because they you can't name anybody on Tampa Bay's team, <laughs> and they're all different. Every, every two years they have massive turnover, but they're still good. And so uh, I think with the Dodgers, though, I mean, they traded for two top ten players in baseball this season. They're without several top 15 players in baseball. They, they're without... Basically, Cody Bellinger has been non-existent in the regular season. Uh, apparently, he's somewhat figured it out in the postseason. They're without Trevor Bauer, who won the Cy Young Award last year. No. Uh, they're without Clayton Kershaw, who's arguably the best pitcher of the last 10 to 15 years. So, I mean, the Dodgers have massive star power and a huge Max Muncy, market. Max not playing. Right. So I, I don't know. I'm glad the Dodgers won because I was just getting tired of being wrong about the Giants. I, I mean, they were just continually better than anybody expected them to be. And and kudos to them. I think they had a phenomenal season. I'm sad that it had to end. I wish they were still in this and they were playing the Dodgers in the second round uh, yes. instead of losing in the first and instead of Atlanta. I mean, kudos to Atlanta too, but
0: I don't want to watch Atlanta in the next series. That that th- This series felt like it should have been the nlcs to For me. the pennant yeah it should have been but just the way it played out man they the giants won the division and the dodgers were the wild card team so
1: how surprised were you that atlanta somehow found a way
0: to beat the brewers and their incredible trio of starting pitchers i was very surprised um i thought i if, if i remember correctly i think i said the brewers had a chance to sweep the braves and boy I, that didn't happen at all that wasn't even close um uh yeah the the Braves man they just they they found this magic stuff i don't know if it's something in jock peterson's pearl necklace that he's wearing <laughs> I, I don't i don't know what it is but like i mean the only runs they scored in that in that series clincher was off a jock peterson three pinch hit three run homer like, right. Are you kidding me? Like he's, he's been, he's been insane for them and their pitching has been pretty good too. Uh, Charlie Morton just continues to be really good at his age. Um, he's one of the most underrated players in baseball.
1: Yeah. Cause he's been yeah. good for a while. I mean, I I remember the Pittsburgh pirates went out and signed him in free agency and I think 2013, 2012, mm-hmm. something like that. And that was the year they made the postseason because Charlie yeah. Morton was around and he was awesome. And then the Rays had him and he was awesome. And the Astros well, then, had him and he was awesome. Yeah.
0: He went from Pittsburgh to Houston and they said, hey, Charlie. And he goes, yeah. They said, why don't you just throw 96 miles an hour instead? And he goes, you think that would help? And then they go, yeah, yeah, we do. Right. And now here he is. He's still throwing that, <laughs> that. I feel like the Astros did that with like so many pitchers like Charlie Morton and Justin Verlander and Garrett Cole. are like, why don't you just throw a hundred miles an hour? That seems to be a good idea. And then they just go out and do it. Um, and he's still got that nasty curveball. It's insane. Um, but, and I mean, and the Braves are without Mike Soroka, who's probably their best overall pitcher, but they still have Max freed who has been really good in the playoffs. Um, and Ian Anderson had a, had a, a good playoffs last year and is pitching well again this year. So, um, yeah, the brave, the Braves, and they had to, the Braves had to rebuild their entire outfield. Yeah, this season they Acuna lost Cunha went Robert, down. Yeah, yeah, Cunha tore his ACL. Um, Marcelo Zuna has been away from the team with his domestic violence situation. Um and uh Nick Markakis is not there anymore. I, I can't remember if he retired or not, but they, they went out and they brought back Adam Duvall in a trade with Miami. And then they traded for Jorge Soler and Eddie Rosario. And those are your outfielders. <laughs> those are your three outfielders. And that's not and they, a bad They got Jock Peterson. No, that's not bad at all. Duvall's playing center field and he's, he's playing okay. Um, And Soler is usually a DH, but it looks like he's been in okay. in right field too. Um, and those guys just all hit and they mash. And uh, I mean, of course, they still have Ozzy Albie's and Freddie Freeman and Austin Riley's had a really good season too. Yeah. Um. And Dansby Swanson's just he's he's really good at shortstop and he's a decent hitter too. So they're a good overall team, man. Um. I don't know how much of a run they're going to give the Dodgers, but I mean, the Dodgers, like you said, the Dodgers are banged up. They're missing Max Muncy. He might not be available for the NLCS. We'll see about that, but like, um, yeah, it, it, this might end up being a good series too. I mean, just off the top of my head, I, I don't think the Braves will win um, the series, but it, it might go. It, I don't know if he even goes seven games, but it, it might be a, a decent series. Uh, like you alluded to earlier, it might not even be Dave Roberts decision anymore, but when do you think Max Scherzer will pitch again? Game one uh, game two. They, well, they ask uh, Max Scherzer apparently gets drunk really easily because <laughs> <laughs> after the wild card game, they TBS interviewed him on the field and he said he was already drunk. He had his shirt off. And then last night, I think he was drunk too already. Um, because they kept trying to ask him questions. He goes, I don't know. I'm going to party tonight. And we'll so see. maybe not game one. <laughs> He's a oh, play good part. He's like, play hard, party hard. And, well, they asked him about game one. He said, I don't know. I'm just going to party tonight. We'll figure it out yeah. tomorrow. If I'm I want to like, go right, that day, dude. I'll go that day. <laughs> All right, bro. Dude, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure he'll be. Well, when does that series even start? Uh, it, They got a couple days, I think. But it's so, not
1: it's not long. I mean, because that was the last game of. The
0: first round was the Dodgers game, so it can't be that long. Yeah, so i I am assuming that okay, game one's tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, so two they, days they have. They have you get two days. day off. Um, so I don't know if he's gonna pitch. He only pitched one inning, so right. I mean, it's not the end of any. Uh, yeah, I am guessing end of the world. Knowing Max Scherzer, I am guessing he will be pitching game one, but okay. either. It'll probably either be him or or Walker Bueller, I would assume.
1: I'm with you. So. I'll take the Dodgers in that series. I, I do think the whole thing with Corey Knabel opening the game uh, instead of pitching Urias, I do think that managers in the postseason in particular start to overthink things. And I worked. It worked and I get it and I understand why they do it. But I think, you know, we look back at like the Blake Snell situation. That was just overthinking it. He's your best pitcher. Leave him in the game. Uh, Julio Urias versus Corey Knable. Julio Urias was awesome this year. I think he won 20 games. Just just put him out there. Um, So I do think that there's a lot of overthinking in the playoffs. And I think that might be what happened. Um, What about in the American League? We've got. An interesting matchup of the team that won the 2017 World Series and the team that won the 2018 World Series, <laughs> the Astros and the uh, Red Sox.
0: Yeah, um, definitely a good story of the Red Sox. Um, they are the wild card team. They beat the Yankees and now here they are fighting to go to the World Series. Um, Alex Cora managing against his former team. Um, we all know the history with the Astros um, and Alex Cora, not great. Um, but honestly, like Alex Cora must, must be a, I know he cheated. Like, I know he was pretty much the ringleader for the Astros cheating scandal. Right. But that dude must be some kind of manager because this Red Sox team is pretty much the same team they had last year that finished in last place. And here they are in a series to go to the world series. Um, um, I'm going to lean towards the Red Sox because It just came out a little while ago that Lance McCullers, the Astros best pitcher is not on the ALCS roster because he is injured. He was removed from his last start against the, uh, White Sox with a forearm injury. So he's hurt. He's not going to pitch in this series. Um, so we might see more of Zach Greinke, I would assume in this series, uh, who has been coming out of the bullpen in the playoffs so far. Um, But I mean, they're pitchers, I mean, I'm not really scared of Framber Valdez, Christian Javier, um, that Garcia kid is Ted. I can't remember his first name. Luis Garcia. Luis Garcia. Yeah. And he he had a good season, but uh, I'm not really scared of him or I'm not really scared of Zach Greinke anymore either. I mean, he's definitely not the pitcher he used to be, but I agree with um, you. The pitching
1: situation is not ideal, but I got to be honest with you. I wasn't too scared of Lance McCullers either.
0: That, yeah, I, I I understand that too. And
1: uh, yet they still—I
0: mean—they coasted. They I don't want to say coasted. Raced, but They boat raced the White Sox. Yeah, they, well, they they just mashed them. They they the Astros hit, dude. That's like, the they, thing. That's yeah, the they. Thing. This is the same have,
1: team they had in 2017 for the most part. Just George pretty Springer's much. gone and pretty much. replaced George Springer with uh, with Kyle Tucker, and you've basically got the same lineup for the most part. Jordan Alvarez too. Yeah. It's yeah, that's true. Big boy dingers. But yeah, I mean, like the Astros, the reason I'm going to go against you and I'm going to pick the Astros is because okay. these guys are just professional hitters. That's all they do. And they play really good defense. It's a it's a solid defensive team. You You add guys like Michael Brantley, who's he literally is just a professional hitter, has been since his yeah. days with Cleveland, where he came in third in the MVP voting one year. Um, I'm picking the Astros despite the injury to Lance McCullers. I, I I don't know what the pitching is going to look like, but I didn't have a ton of faith in McCullers to begin with. And he proved me wrong. A lot of people have in this postseason, but, um, I'm going to pick the Astros and I, and I just, I just don't believe in that
0: Boston team. If the Red Sox want to win this series, they're going to have to get a lot more out of Chris sale than they did against the Rays. Chris sale was not good in that series. Um, And he's just they can't just rely on Nathan Eovaldi against the Astros, because like you said, the Astros are just they all they do is hit every player in that lineup. Yuli Gurriel was the AL batting champion, for God's sake. Like, (laughs) like you think, oh, it was Altuve or Correa or Bregman or Brantley even. Nope. Yuli Gurriel, their first baseman, won the AL batting championship this year. Um like, so the, the Red Sox pitching staff has, has got to be on point. And I, I mean, I, I agree with you. I don't know if, I don't know if I'm scared of their pitching either. <laughs> you and know, it felt, like
1: it felt like a it, year when Boston was kind of, I don't want to say tanking, but they, they kind of let a few pieces walk. Uh, ben and has gone. Yeah, Jackie Bradley Jr.'s gone. They basically had no outfield starting the year. They they still had Verdugo, but they didn't know where they were going to play him in center or in right or left. And so it just felt like a reset year for the Red Sox. And lo and behold,
0: they're here in the playoffs and they're in the championship series. It feels and like that. What what year was that? 2013 year where. When they accidentally they, won the World Series. Yeah, where they're like, oh, look, yeah. we won the World Series. Yeah. Look what happened. <laughs> it's, it's a
1: lot like that because in 2013, they were they were kind of. Trying to figure out, okay, what phase of championship contending are we in? We're in the early phases. All right, let's start to bring up guys like uh, Will Middlebrooks and Xander Bogertz comes up. And they're like, well, we'll kind of weave those guys in, see if they can cut it as major leaguers. Not only did they cut it as major leaguers, they helped (laughs) lead them to the playoffs. And guys like Mike Napoli and uh, Johnny Gomes and AJ Ah. Perzinski ended up being awesome and ended up carrying them. Throughout the playoffs, so uh, yep. yeah, it does kind of have vibes like that, but I'm still going to pick the Astros. They they, they just, I, no matter what happens, the cheating scandal or uh, getting demolished by the Dodgers, they always bounce back and they're always dominant and they are, they're always in contention
0: for the World Series. The last like four I, or five years. That's what sucks too about the astros is like they didn't need to cheat man that no. their team is so talented they have such talented hitters uh, i don't know if you saw this did you see the whole um uh comments by ryan tapera yeah. of the white Sox. Yeah. <laughs> he's like well that, they're that kind of doing me the wrong sketchy. way and then they scored like 12 runs in chicago and they're like are we still cheating or what like yeah oh, well man. his point was like
1: did you notice that when we were in Houston, they were doing really good? And now that they we're weren't in Chicago, swinging and missing. Yeah, right. And now that we're in Chicago, they're no good. And I got to be honest with you. When he said that, I, he may be right. I don't know if they're cheating or not. I, I tend to think that they wouldn't based on the fact that they got caught already. Like, right. After you get caught doing something, you, like you tend to stop doing cheating it. in the same way, at least. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, but when I heard Ryan Tapera say that, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I was kind of like, that's, that's kind of a... a jerky way of putting it i was like yeah they might be cheating i don't know and he clearly doesn't know either i was like <laughs> you just sound like a sore loser right now right that's what you sound like to me and here we are like a couple days later and the white Sox are out of it and i look at Ryan pair and i'm like dude you really messed up like mm-hmm. like maybe they're cheating who knows but we live in america where you're innocent until you're proven guilty and you provided no evidence you just basically whined and cried about it.
0: They scored runs. They must be cheating.
1: Right. Exactly. Oh, the other team's really good, and they beat us. They must be cheating. Cheaters. Yeah. I thought that was stupid. Uh, Hey, I wanted to mention this, too. The St. Louis Cardinals, not our Arizona Cardinals, the St. Louis Cardinals fired their manager, Mike Schilt. Uh, And this is something that's been bothering me for a couple of seasons now, ever since Joe Girardi got fired by the Yankees. And I know that it's kind of stemmed more talks this offseason because the Yankees just got knocked out of the uh, playoffs. And they're considering whether or not they're going to bring back Aaron Boone. I don't know where we're at in that. I feel like every other day I I read, he's out. And then it's like, no, they're going to keep him. No, he's out. And then it's like, no, they're going to keep him. And I think that a, a lot like earlier when I mentioned Postseason, you overthink pitcher situations. I think teams and organizations overthink their managerial situations when they make the playoffs. Mike Schilt gets fired. All he did was take the Cardinals, who I don't think were a great team talent wise, took them to the playoffs. He gets fired. Uh Joe Girardi he won
0: 17 games in a row.
1: Right. Joe Girardi took his team to I I think they got all the way to the championship series and they didn't make the World Series, and he gets fired. And Aaron Boone just took the Yankees to the playoffs. I didn't think the Yankees had that all all that good of a team this year. And they made the playoffs, and he could maybe get fired or uh, probably going to stick around, but at least he's in talks of whether or not we're going to keep him. This is getting ridiculous. I understand that teams think they're championship contenders, and that the thing that's going to put them over the edge is getting a slightly better manager. Or in the Cardinals case, they, they say they fired Mike Schilt because of philosophical differences. Because the organization thinks one thing and he thinks another. I don't know what specifically that means. But yeah. you can't tell me that they're going to go out and hire somebody else. Like freaking Matt Holiday or Skip Schumacher. And that they're all of a sudden going to be a, a, a contender for the World Series. They're going to be world beaters. There's no way... There's no way. What team is an example of a team that just couldn't quite get over the hump and then fired their manager, even though they're really good, and then went out and hired somebody brand spanking new and then won the World Series? I'll wait because I don't – I have never seen that happen
0: before. Yeah, I don't – I can't – I'm trying to think of one instance, but I can't off the top of my head. Well, I mean, like even like, Boston with Alex Cora, you
1: could you could make that what? argument, right? But – they he basically took a year off. Like. They weren't good before they hired Cora. So it's not like they they fired a guy who was like super awesome or whatever. <laughs> um so I I don't know, man. And you know that I'm right about the the Matt Holiday Skip Schumacher thing. They're gonna go out and do the David Raw uh David Ross, is that who the Cubs hired? Yes, um,
0: a former player.
1: Yeah, they're gonna go hire a guy who has zero experience in the minor leagues. Skip Schumacher, for what it's worth, he's a bench coach for a major league team, so I guess that is experience. But, <laughs> but like, there's plenty of coaches out there who cut their teeth in the minor leagues. Like Charlie Montoya was in the minors for like 20 years, and he gets his chance finally to be a manager in some other organization, completely skipped over by his own organization, and now he's a good manager of a good team in Toronto. But then you've got. Guys like Mike Schilt who get fired and they're probably going to replace him with, you know, like a Derek Fisher, Jason Kidd situation where he's fresh out of the NBA. (laughs) I know I'm crossing sports now, but but like they're going to go out and hire Matt Holiday. And I keep saying that Matt Holiday because I think that'd be hilarious. And he's not even a manager. And they're going to think that makes them a contender. Look, look over at what the Padres are doing right now. They just fired Jace Tingler because they have a really good team and they didn't make the playoffs. That's when you fire your manager.
0: Right. Not when you're um, good. I just wonder what the what the philosophical difference was. Yeah. Like you know, I, we're never we'll we'll probably never figure that out. But he'll probably I tell mean, us.
1: Mike Schultz yeah, will probably come out and like write about
0: it or something. Um, but it, it's just yeah, it's strange that a team I, I'm getting I know like the Cardinals maybe in their minds underachieved this year, but uh, and they needed a 17 game winning streak to get into the playoffs, but even so like you won 17 games in a row you you technically made the playoffs even though it was just for one game i guess and like you fire the manager that helped made that possible it's just kind of weird to me like and when guys that i mean i we can't just ignore it guys like Tori lovello and i can't remember the managers of the the pirates and the Orioles and the Rangers, but all of them are coming back to their teams. Yeah, you know, and they um, the Diamondbacks and Orioles lost over 105 games this year and and they're keeping both of their managers whether for whatever reason continuity, whatever. But it's just so weird that a guy like Mike Schilt, who seems to be a good manager loses his job for whatever reason after your team wins uh, 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 makes the playoffs. You know what? I think it is
1: I think that organizations no longer value the manager position based solely on how many games they win. I think that yeah. an organization would rather have a guy that they can control, a guy that will play the team the way the front office intends them to be played, mm-hmm. who is going the same philosophical direction that they are, like like the Cardinals seem to f- think that they need. I think organizations widely value that more than they do a guy who has a winning record. I mean, I know that things fell apart in Boston, but remember Terry Francona gets let go from Boston. Where does he go? He goes to Cleveland, and Cleveland becomes the winningest team of the last five years. I mean, that's that's a true fact. That I know they haven't competed. Yeah. They haven't made it to the World Series since 2016, but they're one of the more winning organizations since Terry Francona's been there. Right. And so it's situations like that that make me think they're no longer judging managers on wins and losses. Losing organizations like the ones you just listed including the Diamondbacks, they value something totally different right now because wins doesn't matter to them because they're not going to be contending next year. So to them it's team chemistry, it's development of players, and it's a person that's going to do what the front office tells them to do. Torrey Lavello knows, he's no puppet. I don't want to I don't want to play it off like that. But next season, Tori Lovello doesn't have a lot of ground to stand on if he gets into an argument with Mike Hazen about how he wants to play his team. Mike Hazen could easily just point back at the 2021 season and go, "Really, really, Torrey? Like you're gonna you're <laughs> gonna argue the organization on on how we should play the players when look what happened last year and we kept you around." And I'm not saying that that exact conversation is going to happen, but Tori Lovello, don't you think he's going to be a little less hesitant to oppose the organization strongly in any sort of way? Teams know if we keep these guys around, even after a bad year, we have some control over them. We have some sort of say, some sort of power over them. And I think they value that a lot in sports right now.
0: Yeah, I can see that. Um, just like, hey, man, like you still have a job because we decided to keep bring you back. Blah, you're blah, blah, welcome. Blah, you know, you're yeah. Yeah. Basically, just say thank you and be on with your day, you know, but. I mean, sometimes that's not how it works. I mean, just because the Diamondbacks brought Torrey Lovello back from, you know, for another year in a bat when they a, a year where they lost 110 games doesn't mean that he shouldn't have an opinion either. But um, but yeah, it's just it's freaking strange, man. <laughs> it's just strange. Like, I'm I'm interested to see who the Cardinals, like you said, I'm interested to see who they go out and and bring in as their manager they their president their baseball ops said that they want to hire someone within the next month so i mean we'll see i guess but it's how gonna about, be weird
1: how about mike schilt with the padres
0: Ooh, that's interesting yeah I, mean, I bet he'll they be, made I'll the be, I'll be an option there.
1: Because I saw, I think it was Bob Nightingale or somebody put out a short list that the Padres are interested for their manager position. And it's everybody you would think of. It's Buck Showalter. It's like all the guys who have been managers before. Uh, Brad Showalter. Brad Osmus and like, uh, you know, all the guys who have been managers but have been fired yeah. and all that. Yeah. And all I right. and when I saw this yesterday, I was thinking to myself, well, Mike Schultz just made the playoffs. He just had a what was it? 17 19 game winning streak, whatever it was. 17? 17. 17 game winning streak. And and that came at the end of the season, by the way. Like at the best possible time for a manager to
0: make his right. case to it other organizations to make the wild card game.
1: Right. It's the opposite of the Terry Francona thing. Like Terry Francona fell apart at the wrong time, whereas like he could have fixed it if it happened early in the season. Mike Schilt can go to any organization in baseball right now and say, I'm a former manager. We just made the playoffs. I'm one of, what, eight managers, 10 managers that made the playoffs last season. Mm -hmm. And, uh, oh yeah, we won 17 games in a row in September. Like, why wouldn't the Padres, who have a (laughs) great talent... Like They have a lot of talent on their team. Why wouldn't they go after that guy? That makes all the sense in the world to me.
0: Yeah, I agree. As long as they have
1: philosophical agreement. Yeah,
0: yeah. well, if they hire him, they probably will. (laughs) Whatever (laughs) that means. You think.
1: All right, well, we're going to see what happens here in the championship series, both AL and NL, and we'll be back next week to talk all things going on MLB postseason. I'm Steve Zinsmeister. That's Cody Fincher as well on the Ain't No Fang podcast. We thank you so much for checking it out this week. We'll talk to you in a week's time.